to you in partnership with Microsoft, the A&M Consumer and Retail Group, Takeoff, and Sezzle. The OmniTalk Fast Five podcast is the podcast that we hope makes you feel a little smarter, but most importantly, a little happier each week too. Today is May 26th. We're kicking off summer. I'm your host, Ann Mazinga. And I'm Chris Walton. And we are here once again to discuss all the top headlines making waves in the world of omnichannel retailing. Chris, you're hot off a flight. I am, man. I got in at 1 a.m. this morning. It's like 9 a.m. right now, so that means I got about four hours of sleep. But yeah, I was out in my in Miami. Yeah. In Hollywood, actually, technically. Hollywood, Hollywood Florida? Hollywood, Florida. What's Hollywood, Florida like these days? Uh, I don't know. I didn't get to see much of it. I didn't really get outside of the hotel because I was at the Manhattan Momentum Conference all three days. And yeah. It was a banging conference. It was a, it was a pretty good conference. There were about 1,000 people there, and the thing I loved about it, everyone wanted to be there. Well, that's good. Yeah. As no. opposed to not wanting to be. Yeah, no, conference. I mean, there's, you know, there's some conferences you go to, like, you know, the, the attendees are like, you know, they're, it's like a boondoggle. That's why they're there. But these were people that were generally interested in the future of, you know, what Manhattan specializes in, which is order management, transportation management, warehouse management, software, which I got to tell you, and I got to geek out for a second. I, there were some big unlocks for me at this conference. Yeah. Like, you were posting a lot from there. Yeah. And so those posts have been doing really well, like really, really well. I've been, you know, pleasantly not necessarily surprised but very thankful to everyone for noticing that because you know the big unlock for me not to walk out but i'm going to is there is a big disconnect in how retailers allocation systems work with their order management systems both companies i've worked at in the past the allocation systems were all based on the sales forecast that you put for those items at the store level that's Mm -hmm. what determines the inventory that goes to a store but in reality that doesn't work anymore because now you have to factor in the uh, ship from store volume from right. that store or the curbside pickup volume from that store, all of which is being facilitated by e-commerce. If you're not thinking about that the right way, then your order management systems and where you're allocating product needs to change. They need right. to coordinate better. And right. so that's an unlock that Manhattan talked about for the first time, which I'm dropping now in the beginning because I I think it's quite big and, yeah. and quite significant. Well, especially with what we talked about last week with, you know, Target, Walmart and the inventory issues that they're having all this over, you know, they they were so backed up from supply chain issues prior and now they're sitting on all this inventory. So really being smart about how you're going to think about planning for that, planning for not just the, you know, 50 mile radius around your store, but for the entire nation. Yeah, 100%, because you're not just allocating your products to what you're going to sell in that store. You need to allocate it based on how you're going to defray the cost of shipping out yes. of all these locations or pickup or whatever. But, but Anne, I'm getting pretty pumped here because we got, we're got T minus one week on, oh my gosh. on the Chris and Ann European tour. We're going we're gonna to be bringing so much content live from London, from the Shop Talk Europe conference, and after that, we're going to be there for 15 days. 15 days. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't I don't even know. I lost track. But yeah, and we're going to be on stage. Yeah. We're each moderating two panels. Yep. We got a lot going on. We're going to be, I'm going to be talking about supply chain and merchandising, a lot of what you were just talking about, and uh, omni-channel retail experiences. I'm, Is I'm that, really are those your two panels? Yeah. 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 Sweet. Mine are last mile, like mm-hmm. solving the last mile, and then uh, sorting fact from fiction, for lack of a better You'll word, be between startup technology and the real world, which- which will be fun. Yeah, I got to put a presentation together for that too. But uh, yeah, I'm excited. So we leave on Friday, right? Next yep. Friday? That's right. Yep. Stay close to us on social media, folks, because we are going to be hot and heavy. And yes. look, everyone, there's Big Ben. 
Oh my European god. vacation reference. Oh my god. All right, and we had so many reviews this week. Honestly, it was hard to pick just one. <laughs> Uh, but we're going to go in order okay. of how they're submitted each and every week to be as you know egalitarian as we can be in terms of our review reading. Okay. Uh, but I got to tell you, for the, whoever left it, because I have no idea who you are, astronomy newbies, if you're listening, uh, I can't wait to I read- thought that was an inside joke after I, I read this. It was like, Chris is going to have to explain to us like why astronomy newbie is like the name of this person. Yeah. We've got to wait a few weeks to read it, but it cracked me up. And if you want to go on, on Apple Podcasts and read the review, go ahead because it's hilarious. But yeah, we'll be bringing that to you in a few weeks. But today, yes. we're going to give our shout out to, quote, another P name dot CVW. Okay. Uh, who from that handle clearly is an avid listener of the show from our- Reference to every name on Apple Podcasts being a P name or a B name. But here is what he or she had to say this week. Quote, my preference is to watch Chris and Ann on video, mm. to watch and see their joyful interactions and witty repartee. Mm-hmm. Good use of repartee. Mm-hmm. It is infectious. I love their direct thoughts and retail expertise. Chris's rants on Instacart are my favorite, and they're my recent favorite too. It is fun to watch and challenge your thinking. A must listen. End quote. Man, how does that one make you feel? I mean, it's great. I love this. I'm so excited that people are doing reviews. And I want to tell people listening, like, you don't have to be a retail expert. Like, friends, family, people, anyone, if you're listening, I feel like I'm, like, I'm trying to get money, like, from, <laughs> know, right? from like, the National Public Radio, like, fundraising. Like, Jerry like, Lewis. Only you can make a difference, <laughs> but you do make a difference. Even if you don't think it's a big deal, it is a big deal to us. If you don't want us to read it out loud, we don't have to read it out loud. Make up a P yeah, or a just, B name and put it on there, and we don't care, but we just want you to know how much we really appreciate you. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leaving a review, Harding the Podcast did following if you're on Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, etc., Please follow and subscribe. We hate to harp on it, but it does make all of all of the content that we're bringing forward for you possible. And we may just read it aloud. You're going to want to hear what Astronomy Newbie has to say in the coming weeks, too. I can guarantee that. Absolutely. All right, and I love I love the comment too about our our our, our like what did she say about us on video and just how we get along. That was that was so good. And for those they, who, they didn't watch the pre show, yeah, they didn't clearly. watch the pre show today because uh, we got into a little bit of a spat. But uh, we're ready I, I, for I fifteen get, days I think, I, un- uninterrupted. Yeah, I think Chris. we're getting better though as we roll along here. I think the spat is already dissipating. So all right, and. In this week's Fast Five, we've got news on Walmart officially releasing the Kraken, as you like to call it, on its announcement surrounding drones. Live commerce platform Firework nabbing $150 million in funding. Wayfair opening an all-modern physical storefront. And Nordstrom sunsetting Trunk Club. But first, we take off with some exciting store opening news out of Amazon. And this is huge. Yeah, we have been talking about this for, I feel like, all year and even before that. But Chris, the moment we've all been waiting for has arrived. Amazon has finally opened the doors to their L.A. Amazon Style Store. So according to Wall Street Journal, Amazon Style opened the doors in Glendale, California this week. And details are still somewhat limited. I did put out a post this week of, of somebody's tour from the actual Geek video. Wire, right? Geekwire, yeah, yep. Or something like that. Yeah. But the store is featuring brands, not just Amazon Essentials line, but also Lacoste, Levi, Steve Madden, and others. And as promised, as we all suspected... Shoppers can go in, they scan codes on the displayed items, and then an employee grabs the items from the back in the right size and color and puts them into a fitting room and checkout counter. And that starts as soon as you scan that item. So they start filling the fitting room right away. Interesting. 
Um, it also appears that if customers don't have their mobile phones or they don't want to do the the scanning experience, that a sales associate can be with you side by side and will send those items still that you want to try on to the, the fitting room. Or you can do that from your mobile home phone at home and your mo- too. From mobile your mo- home at from phone. your mobile phone in your mobile home if mobile you want. Mobile phone yes. at home, yeah. Um, Chris, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, you know, I I think you know I'm one. I'm excited to see it. Yeah, like it's cool that it happened. They talked about it. It wasn't like fake press. You yes. know, they actually went out and did it. Which, if you actually stop and think about what this is, I didn't think about this initially, but that deserves a hell of a lot of kudos. Because this thing works really differently than anything we've ever seen. Exactly. Um, but, you know, in, in some ways, it's like it sounds exactly as it was expected, as it mm-hmm. was laid out. So I don't know about you. I'm sure this is true, but I'm dying to get out there and see it firsthand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think that especially once you start to see it hit um, more, I guess, mass visit from customers. Like right now, it's still th- like what the journalists yeah. are seeing, 100%. and I think like once you start to see more load put on this store, what yeah. that what those turn times look like, what how long it's going to take to you know if you request something via the screen in the fitting room, how long does it take to actually get that item back to you? Um, yeah, that's and- that's a great point, Anne. Like I'm actually kind of glad that that we're going to Europe here for a couple weeks because like I actually kind of want that to. That's a great. I didn't think about that. That's a great. I want to see that stuff ferret out. But you know, I think net net. As I have been thinking about this more since they first announced it in the last couple months until it came to fruition, I'm still really curious if people want to shop this way. Hmm. I'm not entirely sure that they will. You're more, I'm curious what you think of this too, but, and it's interesting that you said they're picking it as soon as they scan it. I think that's an important point you brought up because I still feel like this process adds more time into the overall apparel buying process than just buying in, walking out with floor stock or having to wait for your size to be picked to the back room versus you just taking it to the back room and trying it on yep. on demand. Yep. But at the end of the day, I still think it's worth trying because if customers do like it, then you have an entirely different income statement that emerges from this model. But I don't know, net, net, I'm, st- I'm still, I hate to say it, but I'm having my doubts on whether this store will work as it's concepted, but maybe there's something more to it. Yeah, I mean, I think that you're right. There's, there's definitely still experiments being run in this store and the way that this is showing up on May 25th when it opens and the way that it will be or how it will evolve in the next several years will be something different I think I mean when was the last time you tried to try something on at any other retail store it's not as simple anymore as like just walking into the fitting rooms it's finding an associate unlocking a fitting room like there's still some friction there so I feel like you know now that I'll be able to scan my my phone and being able to open the fitting room and it's all prepared for me I mean it's a different kind of shopping experience and so the customers are going to have to adapt to it whether or not they like it we'll have to wait and see but I do think that it makes a lot of sense. The other things that I like about this outside of like mm-hmm. the logistics part of it, it's not all Amazon product. I was surprised to see that. I mean, you have higher end lines like it's Vince and Theory also being in, yeah, in there. It's 30,000 square That's feet. It's huge. You know, another feature, you can ship product to a fitting room there. So like say I'm at home and I want to order a box yeah. of things, I can ship it to a fitting room, make an appointment, go try it on, and then I just leave this stuff there. I don't even have to like package it up or do anything it's like instantly credited to my account so i think this will be you know there's there's things at its core that will make for a better amazon shopping experience overall and so to get to your point earlier like it's still a test though and what this actually ends up being maybe something completely different yeah i think fundamentally i like what i like about it is 
the connection of the fitting room to the product mm-hmm. and to the sales associates without having to actually like talk to them. Right. I think there's a there there. And other companies like Rebecca Minkoff have, have tried to exploit that, but no one else at mass has really tried to go that direction. But yeah, we'll see. I, well, ca- I can't wait to go see it. And I think the other thing that's not being talked about here is the amount of data that you're getting just from me scanning that item right. and putting it in the fitting room. Like right. you're building this Amazon's algorithm of product information and personal information about me mm-hmm. so that even if I'm not in the store, they, they know what I like and don't like and they can keep serving up product whether I'm in the store or at home. Right. There's a lot of things that could be with this. Right. I think that's the best way to summarize it. All right. Let's go to headline number two. Headline number two is pretty salacious this week. Uh, In one of the many stories from this week's standard PR news blitz following a poor earnings report from Walmart, (laughs) Walmart announced that they will be offering drone delivery to as many as 4 million homes. There's some $4 million homes Yeah, they're probably are. Yeah, right. We're talking about North North Arkansas, Bentonville area. The video shoot of this drone looks like a $4 million (laughs) home, actually. According to CNBC, Walmart is expanding drone deliveries across six states with operator drone up. All told, the company plans to have 37 drone delivery sites up and running by the end of the year. Now, folks, here's how this works. Break it down. All right, let's give it give it to the audience. Customers who live within the range of a Walmart drone delivery site within Arizona, Arkansas, Florida, Texas, Utah, or Virginia can order any of thousands of items between 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. Each drone delivery end comes with a $3.99 fee. And customers can only order items totaling up to 10 pounds. Orders must also be placed currently on DroneUp's website, which is not through Walmart, which is key. Although mm-hmm. Walmart has said they plan to add this to their uh, UX in the in the coming future, of course. Each order is then picked and loaded at the drone site near the store and then flown via remote control by a certified pilot to the customer's yard or driveway. And then a cable on the drone slowly lowers the package for delivery. If you're at all confused, you got to watch the video, yes. but this is literally how it works. The video is super cool, by the way. And you have the AM put you on the spot question this yes. week. Yes. All right, Anne. Here's what they had to say. While we at AM admire Walmart's innovation and testing across a wide range of technologies, We think the $4 million households feels quite aggressive. Care to comment on this one? The 4 million households feel aggressive. I agree. Yes, they do. Uh, Just because there are 4 million homes within a 50-mile radius of each one of these locations does not mean that you are delivering to 4 million people. A very nice job, however, by the Walmart PR team of stating the possibilities with this drone delivery. Uh, Standard operating procedure for them at this point, I feel Yes, absolutely. Chris... Uh, I cannot get on board with this. I would like to. I really would be excited to do this, but I'm I'm still going to be a doubter on this technology. I just I'm I'm still if I'm Walmart, I'm looking at autonomous vehicles before I'm even considering this. There are so many things that could go wrong with this that I would not be putting. I know they're trying to compete against Amazon and get there before Amazon does, but there's Why? a reason that Amazon has not done this yeah. yet um, with all of their resources. First of all, drones, they're still one-to-one delivery. I have a right. problem with that. Right. That's not, you're, you're, you're requiring a pilot. I mean, right. like Chris said, watch the video because this still requires a ton of human effort to deliver Hamburger Helper, which is the number one delivered things in the trial that they've been doing. Right. You know how much Hamburger Helper costs? How much? $1.50, Chris. <laughs> You're hiring an, a, a pilot, a, pilot, a certified to drone pilot, up to five boxes or right. the ten pound limit of hamburger helper. 
not a valuable use of this technology. Um, and I mean, I looked at like some of the other top items that are purchased from Walmart. Like you're, you are so limited in what you're going to be able to deliver that it just, I cannot fathom how this makes any sense at wow. all. And, and bringing the heat finally, today. finally, things are falling from the sky. Okay. Right. You look at these videos, there's a rope, there's parachutes, there's all these right. things like, right. What about the elements? Like, what happens when it's a windy day and, right. like, Mary Poppins and the hamburger helper just, like, float over right. to the neighbor's house? Like, there's so I didn't so even thought about the weather. Like, that still yeah. make an impact on this. <laughs> that it's like, it's like, come on, Walmart. <laughs> like, focus your energy on, like, the, you know, we talked about the ice cream truck from RoboMart. Like, let's think about ways that you can do this with lower involvement from people, lower cost of operation, I just, I'm worried about, you know, like Jenny from the little Jenny from the block <laughs> getting the like block. <laughs> a Walmart box of 10 pounds of toilet paper dropped, dropped on, on her. her head. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, well, the pilot, I guess, has to avoid that. Right. I oh, guess man, that was your best rant of all time. I don't think you've ever reached that level on the well, rant scale. Well, I just scale. don't get it. I, I'm, I do wow. agree with A&M. Walmart, it's cool. You're trying things, but my goodness, how is this going to ha- happen? How, how? I mean, what do you think? Am I nuts? I know you are shocked as well. No, I'm I'm, I'm shocked by the rant, and I'm I'm su- I'm super impressed actually. No, and I a hundred percent agree with you. A hundred percent, a hundred and ten percent. You added some great stuff. You had a great point on LinkedIn that I, I you have to talk. about. Oh my god! But I mean, yeah, I have so many questions about this. I'm with you. I simply don't get why you're talking about this or why you're investing in this. It's such PR fluff, number one. Yes. Fluff is the right word, or puff. Anyway, puff, fluff, whatever you want to call it. And then number two, the more important question to me is, why do people want this? I don't know. Like, That's a I, great question. And I'll get to that more. But like, so for example, I saw what I am now, I'm now dubbing him the head of the head Walmart social media cheerleader and, and, and chief puff master, Tom Ward. Ooh on social media, he was pubbing this on Tuesday. So I asked him point blank, and here's what I said. I said, quote, Tom, how many test deliveries to individual customers have actually been done at this point? And if it's a lot, kudos for keeping them and user shot videos of them under the radar screen up until this point before you roll out to $4 million homes. End quote. Four million, Four million homes. homes. Why do I keep doing that? Because it's, it's the $4 million homes I know, I'm just so used to right saying now. that. Yes. Four million homes. Because that is what is missing for me here. And how does Walmart actually ready this for rollout to 4 million homes when not one video of it has been shot by a customer or an onlooker? Like, if you just stop and think about that, that in and of itself is insane. Yeah. And not surprisingly, Tom did not comment on it, which also is frustrating because if you're going to put it on social media, you should be willing to comment on it. That's what social media is for. It's for an authentic conversation about why you're doing things. So Walmart, just stick to the press releases. Get your executive team off social media because it's not adding anything. In fact, it makes it quite honestly worse. But then the bigger question for me is, yes. why are you investing in this? Why does the customer want it? First, Dan... And I'm going on a huge rant here, yes, so get ready. Yes. First, it's limited in scope. Yes. You can't get drones to an apartment building the way this is designed. So right. there's only so many people you can reach. Second, is it really a better experience than a standard delivery? It seems like it could, I don't think so. It seems like it could. It's not. It seems like a confusing option to serve up on the PDP if you're given the choice, right? Like, but you do, how do get you even to, find this. No, you do get to run to the package when it when it parachutes down. Right. Chris. You just want it same day. You don't give a how. You don't give a 
how it gets to you. Right. Like, oh, I'm going to choose drone. Oh, I want the drone versus the car that's going to get it to me in 15 minutes. Like, why? how does that even work? Number one, number two. Third, sure, it could save money in the long run relative to EV. Maybe. I think to, that's debatable. I know. That's I, what I was going to say. Yeah. yeah. You could maybe get me on the argument that you can save money versus EV delivery or autonomous delivery. But your point about having to fl- having to have a pilot fly each one of these things is really important. Like, how does that make for better economics? I don't know. I don't get it. And then fourth, and my final point in this much, much Ballyhood rant is, and this is really important, you can only get so much speed out of this as well. Yeah. Right? If you're having to pick and pack and load individual items onto a drone versus consolidating your deliveries at a micro warehouse, yes. as the instant delivery guys are trying to do, you can't get that much speed. So even from a speed perspective, this is a horrible freaking idea. Mm-hmm. All right. And so ran over. I hate this. And like I said, I hate the execs that are out there touting it too. Like it's the greatest thing since sliced bread when it's quite debatable how much has actually been even done from a due diligence perspective on this, in my opinion. I think we've answered a question. And uh, anyone else out there who's wondering... What the OmniTalk retail team thinks about Walmart drone delivery. I think we need a cigarette. <laughs> I think we really do. Or an entire car. All right, let's keep rolling. All right. Headline number three, live commerce company and headliner of today's LinkedIn Live event, yes. Firework, announced yes. $150 million in funding led by SoftBank. According to the Wall Street Journal, Firework, whose technology helps companies make live stream shopping events and other videos, said it has raised $150 million in a Series B round of funding that values the startup at a whopping $750 million. As listeners of OmniTalk, you already know, but Fireworks technology enables shoppable streams and other video that will run on companies' websites. It says it has 900 clients, including grocery chains Albertsons and The Fresh Market. Uh, As we mentioned, we are doing a LinkedIn Live event with their CEO, Vincent Yang, today to talk about what is going on in the state of commerce. So check that out. Um, if you aren't able to attend us the, the session live, um, check it out afterward. You got to be on Omni Talk right afterwards. Yeah, exactly. We'll email in our newsletter uh, tomorrow as well. Chris, uh, we've been following this for a while, but what are your thoughts on this latest fundraising round? Yeah, I mean, my thoughts are kudos to Firework. It mm-hmm. shows just how big of a trend this is. I mean, and they're, they're kind of going against the market here, raising this money at a time where Others are finding that not so easy. So yes. it shows you that these guys are onto something. And these guys, these guys are sharp, man. Vincent, every time I sit down with him for an interview, he just blows my mind. The guy is so articulate, number one. But and and I encourage you guys to check it out too. He showed a demo mm-hmm. of what they're doing at Fresh Market where yeah. where to give you guys an idea, and live stream is overused. They have sh- they have shoppable video. Video <laughs> shot live. Yeah, yeah, video that was shot live. Yep playing on the home screen of Fresh Market when you get on their page. And for me, watching him talk about it was really important because I thought it was a huge unlock for me around this idea of localization, Mm -hmm. which retailers are always talking about, but they're really giving lip service to it at the end of the day. But it's in every earnings report. We need to get better and be more local. Yeah. But now through this capability, the way that I'm contemplating it is retailers can literally personalize their home pages to their customers' predefined local stores. Right. Which, you know, in the day of curbside pickup, everyone already knows who your local store is. Right. Right? So you just put videos of your local staff at these stores talking about products, making food, doing whatever the hell else it is that they want. It's going to open up a whole nother level of intimacy between customers and stores. Absolutely. That's the way to unlock localization, a community feel across your retail operation 
And that's why these guys are getting the money that they are. Because yes. that in and of itself is big time, in my opinion. I completely agree. I mean, I think that the important thing that I I think brands and retailers listening need to realize about this is that content is now another component of the omni-channel strategy. You have online, you have offline, and content is going to be the new channel that you need to focus on where your customers are coming from. And Firework is making it really easy, as you mentioned, for the Fresh Market, from Albertsons and others. Like They're making it really easy for brands to just be like, help us. We need a strategy. We need to just figure out how to start trialing this and, and doing it. Um, and that, I think, is why they're getting the attention of SoftBank and other large retailers. But um, but kudos to those guys. I'm excited to see what happens in the next uh, couple months. Yeah, here. no, without a doubt. And it's a great interview. Check it out. All right, headline number four, Anne. On Tuesday this week, Wayfair opened a new store in Massachusetts featuring their all-modern brand. According to Home Textiles Today... The goal for the new store is to blend the best of the digital and physical shopping experience, allowing shoppers to see and touch products in person while offering digital access to product options, design ideas, and delivery options. Something that sounds like anything any retailer could say. <laughs> this new store, located at 310 Market Street, is about 10,000 square feet and will be followed by another all-modern store in Dedham, Massachusetts later this year. And my question for you, as a recent Wayfair purchaser... yeah. How excited on a scale of 1 to 10 would you be to shop this all-modern store from Wayfair? You know, I think for me, I need to get a better understanding of what the best of digital and physical shopping experiences is is like in real life in the store before I make that call. Um, my expectations are low, as are you they, mentioned. They're low, right? Well, just because... Even from a shopping standpoint. Yeah, yeah. I the The problem that I have with this, though, Chris, is that... Wayfair has a, an opportunity to do really, really well here. I mean, they're coming mm-hmm. in. They can beat everybody else on price. Mm-hmm. And when you take this all-modern brand that does look like a West Elm, like a room and board, looks but exactly like. looks like, you could you could grab a bunch of people, and especially if you could really add like a convenience element to this, where you know you're do, you're using scan and go, you're doing something else that you can't do in those legacy furniture retailers. I think that they have a huge opportunity to capture this you know this Gen Z audience furnishing their first homes who like and adore this style. I don't know that it'll happen though. Yeah, I, I love that you brought up the part about how they position this with the modern styling, and I want to I want to I want to hear more about what what you've got to say on that too. But like, I'm gonna queue up my second rant, and oh my gosh, this one, this two one, in one. This one could be bigger. This one, so look out, Steve Dennis, because this one could be bigger. But I think it's a good idea. Yep. But I'm worried this is terrible execution right out of the get go. Okay. Like you said, it Wayfair needs stores. Yes. But this is not the way to do it. And I ranted on this the first time around when they when they first announced it, but now I think there's even more nuance to it. Um, and I heard from some Wayfair employees on social media that messaged me directly on LinkedIn that my commentary was actually on the mark. So that gives me some some validity to what I've got what I'm about to say here. But to me, the all modern designation here means absolutely nothing to me. Okay. Um, and the other problem with it is having having a home furnishings background is. Modern furniture is generally a high-end experience. Mm-hmm. You're a specific type of customer if you're looking to put modern furniture into your home. Okay. And so if anything, I worry this could end up hurting Wayfair's brand perception in the long run because people will get into that store, see what it act, what this product is actually under this brand and be mm-hmm. like, wow, 
this doesn't look like the glossed up pictures online that I thought it was, yeah, and therefore it could start to question the quality. Mm-hmm. And so you're right. You're going to have to have the best of the best omni-channel experience, which you're alluding to, which, as you said, for all the reasons you're right, I think you should be skeptical of it. Yep. Walmart, and that's the thing. That's what pisses me off about Wayfair. Wayfair isn't chic. It's not chic at all. It's mass. Okay. It's mass. It's about, and it's about mm. damn, I think it's, it's about damn time they understand that and express themselves in the physical world that capitalizes on who they are as a brand. I just feel like this brand is lost. They're mass. I mean, they have Kelly Clarkson doing their commercials. Yeah. That's, 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 that's appealing to a mass market. Mm-hmm. And I will take this to my grave. Final point, Ann, I will say here. CEO Niraj Shah, Nir Shah, I've met him a number of times. He is the most left-brained person I've ever met running a retail company. He's great at e-commerce, a genius at e-commerce. Mm-hmm. I will give him that. But he doesn't get the intuitive side of physical retailing. He doesn't. And that's the problem here. And this is a great example of that because it just isn't going to meet the needs of the consumer in the long run. I don't know that I completely agree with you. Okay. I think that it does meet the needs of some consumers. And even though the quality isn't quite there, they're they're going in on price point. And for some people, they don't care. I mean, I've sold enough resold Wayfair furniture to know that some people just want it to look cool. They don't care that it's not the quality. I mean, you have the same argument, I would say, for our Ikea. Like, it's not going to be as comfortable, but it looks a certain way. It meets a certain aesthetic at a certain price point that you need it to. So I would say, yes, you do have the traditional people who are used to shopping in a restoration hardware room and board or, you know, uh, West Elm. But... There are times where it's okay to have this. It's the execution though is going to be make or break. So we we got to see what happens in that space. I just I wouldn't have led with a modern brand. I just wouldn't have. Hmm. I just don't I just, you know, from my years of selling this stuff at Target at mass. What I modern's guess a tough in sell. closing, what would you have done then? If it, if you're doing a Wayfair physical store, like what? Just do a freaking Wayfair store. Get Wayfair uh, right. You ooh, know, I don't know. I think that's get so the brand. M- that's your brand. Yeah, get Wayfair right. What are you gonna have all these separate brands of a store? Makes no sense. I guess I just feel like Wayfair is huge. I think you start lo- like looking like a Bed Bath and Beyond if you just do a Wayfair store. That's my that's my point in the initial rant. Like make a big freaking store like an IKEA. Mm. Make a mega store under the Wayfair brand. Okay. Hit IKEA where it hurts. You can be better from them from an Omni Channel's perspective. Wayfair for Christ's sake. All right, sorry. Wayfair for Christ's sake, like we just talked about in the last, is having to rewire all their operations for e-commerce. Yeah. You can build these stores fresh from the ground up and do it better than them. Right. Exactly. And offer more. Here's the other piece that's different. Yes. Wayfair's one um e- IKEA's one aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Wayfair can offer a variety of aesthetics, sure. which people want to go get that chore done on a Saturday or Sunday, furnish their house. They don't just always want the IKEA aesthetic. Fair. That's the opportunity here, folks. Okay. That's what Wayfair needs to understand. All right, I'm done. Okay, all right. We're going to go on to headline number five before you absolutely lose your mind. Um, so an aneurysm. <laughs> ra- wrapping up the this week's headlines, uh, headline number five, according to payments.com, Nordstrom announced this week that they'll be sunsetting Trunk Club, which they purchased in 2014 for $350 million. Nord's, Jeez, really that I know much? it was crazy. it's crazy. Uh, so Nordstrom's eight year run with its trunk club subscription business is coming to an end as the luxury retailer said in its Q1 earnings earlier this week that it's taking customer styling efforts in a different direction with greater emphasis on in-store and online fashion advice. Nordstrom CEO Eric Nordstrom said, quote, customers spend seven times more and report higher levels of satisfaction with when engaging with a stylist, either in-store or online, end quote. Noting also in this report that uh, in-store styling was still the top choice 
But the demand for digital advice was seeing rapid growth, thus the shift in resources away from Trump Club and into in-store Nordstrom stylists and experiences. Chris, you have some thoughts on this. I do. I have thoughts on this one, too. I mean, I, th- I think this this one's kind of a sad story to me in a lot of ways. Oh, yeah. But I, th- I think it's a lot. There's a lot we can learn from this story, I think, Anne. Like, first, I mean, the sad part to me is the acquisition, I think, was misguided from the beginning. Because mm-hmm. if you stop and think about it, Nordstrom is about service. Mm-hmm. Why should Nordstrom customers have to pay a monthly subscription fee to get better service? That's a great When point. you think about it that way. Mm-hmm. So it seems antithetical from the start. And then secondarily, I would say, and I've said this on the show many times, people should never get caught up in the idea of subscription services as a, as a trend. Mm-hmm. The, you know, they're a, function, they're a function, the reason they exist is because they're a function of the business model economics of e-commerce. They help to defray the cost of shipping. Yeah. That is their primary function. And so at the core, there has to be something to warrant the subscription, which is the big takeaway for me here. In this day of mobile shopping, clienteling, live stream commerce, which you just talked about really you know, articulately, there's more cost-effective ways to create personal relationships with your customers, both for retailers and the customers themselves. Mm-hmm. So I think what it signals to me, too, is look out Stitch Fix. Yeah, I mean your days are your days could be numbered I here mean, real quick. I think quick. Stitch Fix's days have been numbered yeah. for a while. They've I mean, we've talked about that before, but like you know, this is just yeah more fuel to the fire. But the point for me is really like if you get down to it, like it didn't make sense for Nordstrom's from the beginning. And wow, that price tag was huge. Yeah, too. yeah. I mean, I think they they likely learned some things though from this experience right. about how to create better you know, better in-store experiences, how to make the Nordstrom site better, what people were looking for in those conversations with their stylist with the subscription services early on. Because Nordstrom excels in like video on their product detail pages. They were one of the first retailers to have their store associates already doing what Firework is helping retailers do, where they are touching the product, they're describing the product in a video so that I have the confidence in spending, you know, $500 on a leather jacket. I think the other part of this too is that there, Nordstrom has the quality. Like these subscription services are fine, but the quality is mediocre at best. So they may have been able to capture a new Nordstrom customer because you know they were offering a little bit lower price point through the subscription services overall. But I think you're dead right. I think that the point here is that Nordstrom can now take what what is a better shopping experience for me as a customer overall, being able to see something, see a video, connect with a live person in the Nordstrom store if I want to, to be able to help me decide if I want to purchase it and then get it that day. Like in an hour, I can go pick that up from Nordstrom who is best in class and service. And I know we'll have that product ready for me. We'll bring it out to my car curbside or ship it to me that day. Like that is the prime experience that they need to focus on. So I'm not at all surprised to see them sunsetting this and focusing efforts and and resources in an, in an area to support the store. 100%. It goes back to what we said in the last story. You have to know your brand, right? Mm-hmm. Your brand at Nordstrom is service in this way you're describing. I think it, you said that beautifully. That's, that's exactly what's going on. The other point I'd raise too is like, I think it's funny. I think you do too. As I say this to you, like when we talk about, oh, we learned something. Mm-hmm. Is $350 million worth the lessons learned from yeah. that, do you think? Like, I mean, I... That's, that's 2014 was a different that, time, Chris. Know? 2014 yeah. was a different time. Right. I mean, there that was you know early on in the acceleration of subscription services, so probably made yeah. sense at that time. Now, no way. But yeah, it's just funny. I mean, it's just word word of caution to retailers that are looking at companies when they're sexy, and hopefully you know finding the payoff from them in the long run, which is a hard pill for me to swallow. 350 million dollars when 
you have employees clamoring to make more money that are actually working in well, those stores. Too. And to be fair, no one could have predicted the pandemic happening and accelerating all of the other retailers being able to put together buy online pickup and store services right. and, and the right. the con- the concierge clientele services that they did in the last two years. So maybe they could have gotten a little bit more runway out of that $350 million, but... Yeah, that's fa- I mean, it's fair, fair point, fair point. But yeah, I mean, in hindsight, is always twenty twenty, and it's unfortunately it's one of the easier things we get to do on this show. But it's a you know it's something to think about. All right, Ann, let's go to the lightning round. All right, Chris, question number one: Asian and Hispanic D to C grocer Wee wants to make online food shopping more fun and immersive by showcasing videos and sharing stories behind the ingredients that it sells. They recently hired Crazy Rich Asians director John Chu as chief creative officer to help make this happen. If you could have one celebrity <laughs> join you to make a TikTok about your favorite product, who would it be and what product would you two be peddling? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, you know, I thought initially I'd go, I'd go with Tom Brady. That's what's going through my head. Yeah, but I've used sure. him too much. Like, okay. I don't want to go to the okay. Tom Brady okay. wall all that often, even though he can go to the wall with me anytime he wants. Um, I think I would say John Hamm selling me a Yeti mug. Ooh. Yeah. And okay. You know, and be, you know why? Why? Because both of those things just say testosterone to me. Oh, God. Which, you know, I need a lot of. So, <laughs> And Pepsi just launched Pepsi-roni, cola-infused pepperoni topping for pizza. Which collab from Pepsi would you rather try? Pepsi-roni, pe- Pepsi-roni pizza, maple syrup-flavored Pepsi, or Chinese food? Uh, or a Chinese food and Pepsi pairing. Oh my gosh. I'm going to have to, as much as it is so disgusting to me, I have to go with Pepsi Roni pizza because I think really? pretty much pizza can camouflage just about anything. So, um, yeah, I, the maple syrup flavored Pepsi made me throw up in my mouth. See, I, feel like, see, I feel like that's my choice because it's like more of the sugar ballpark of Ugh. each other. Like, Ugh. I could think of putting Pepsi on my waffles, maybe. All right. No. All right, Chris. Boston Beer is shifting operations from Truly to a new THC-infused tea they are calling Teapot, <laughs> which they will be launching in Canada with specific cannabis strains to enhance your specific times of day. Oh, wow. When was the last time you can recall that you could have used a teapot? <laughs> oh, and probably during that Walmart rant, 100% for sure. 100%. That would have been the exact right time. All right, and last one. MasterCard is launching a biometric checkout tool for retailers that will allow customers to smile into a camera to pay for products. Would you rather smile into a camera or wave your hand over a camera a la Amazon's Palm Payment system. Yeah, MasterCard's doing both of these things. I got to say, I'm still going to go all in with the Palm Payment. 100%. So there's something so creepy to me about like just looking into a camera and like smiling, even like for clear yeah, and those like things. Yeah, you like it for clear? No, I feel like weird. I don't know. I mean, I don't mind that they're scanning my eyeballs. I'm yeah. not like freaked out about it like I know a lot of people are, but the I whole- I don't want to do that to shop. The though. whole fact I have to smile, yeah. something, I don't like anybody telling me that I need to smile. Yeah, that's weird. All right. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, I don't want to do it to shop. All right. Happy birthday today to Lenny Kravitz, Stevie Nicks, and one of the more underappreciated actresses out there, Helena Bottom Carter. Mm. And remember, if you can only read or listen to one retail blog in the business, make it OmniTalk. Our Fast Five podcast is the quickest, fastest rundown of all the week's top news. And our twice-weekly newsletter tells you the top five things you need to know each day and also features special content exclusive to us and just for you. And it fits all within the preview pane of your inbox. You can sign up today at www.omnitalk.blog. Thanks, as always, for listening in. Please remember to like and leave us a review wherever you happen to listen to your podcast or on YouTube. And of course, as always, be careful out there. Especially this Memorial Day weekend. The OmniTalk Fast Five is a Microsoft-sponsored podcast. 
Microsoft Cloud for Retail connects your customers, your people, and your data across the shopper journey, delivering personalized experiences and operational excellence. And is also brought to you in association with the A&M Consumer and Retail Group. The A&M Consumer and Retail Group is a management consulting firm that tackles the most complex challenges and advances its clients, people, and communities towards their maximum potential. CRG brings the experience, tools, and operator-like pragmatism to help retailers and consumer products companies be on the right side of disruption. And Takeoff. Takeoff is transforming grocery by empowering grocers to thrive online. The key is micro-fulfillment, small robotic fulfillment centers that can be leveraged at a hyper-local scale. Takeoff also offers a robust software suite so grocers can seamlessly integrate the robotic solution into their existing businesses. To learn more, visit Takeoff.com. And finally, Sezzle. Sezzle is an innovative buy now, pay later solution that allows shoppers to split purchases into four interest-free payments over six weeks. To learn more, visit Sezzle.com.